Gentlemen, welcome to the Institute of Men podcast. My name is Keaton and I am the host. This podcast, formerly known as The Man I Want to Be, I changed the name to the Institute of Men, much shorter name, but the podcast is still based on the question my dad asked me when I was 23. I was directionless, I was lost, I was confused, I was frustrated, I was single. I'm complaining to my dad and my dad asked me that question. He says, son, what kind of man do you want to be? And I said, I don't know. And he said, I would figure out what kind of man you want to be and pursue that vision for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay. And I got to work. And that's now when you are frustrated, if you're in a time of your life where you're frustrated, you're wondering what's next, things are not going as they are, well, now is the perfect time to figure out what kind of man do you want to be and then to go pursue that vision for the rest of your life. Figure out what, who do you want to be in your character? What do you want your morals to be? What do you want your virtues to be? What, who are you going to become in your character? How are people going to talk about you? Figure that out. Pursue that for the rest of your life. That's what this podcast is dedicated to. I am still on that journey. I hope you can join me with it. And again, like I said, my name is Keaton. And today we are answering a question that I have asked multiple times in my life. Should I finish college? Some of you might be like, should I go to college? Some of you may be asking the question, should I return to college for more education? Some of you might be asking, why am I even in college to begin with? Why? It's so expensive. I hate my classes. I feel like I'm wasting my time. It is a common question. And I have a little bit of knowledge in this area because it took me 13 years to finish college. I have been a college dropout and I have been a college graduate in that 13 year period. Around 40% of all undergraduate students end up dropping out of college and almost 60% of men drop out of college. 60%, that is a huge, huge number. The enrollment rate for men in higher education, just undergrad, plummeted over the last few years, dropping down 70% for men. So 70% of the men who would normally go to college have just put their hands up and they're like, nope, not for me. I'm not spending that much money to study at that school who's teaching me stuff I don't want to learn. I'm not even going. Men, are they're looking at the cost, the financial cost, the time cost. They're looking at the job opportunities for those who come out of college, looking at the general outlook of what's available in the nation and where we are as a nation. They're saying, nah, nah, that's... I would rather do something else other than go to college, which I am all for. But I do want to look at the reasons to go to college, reasons to stay in college, reasons to finish college, and then reasons to stop college. Because again, there was a time where I was a college dropout. There was a time when I was a college graduate. 10-year difference between when I was a college dropout and when I was a college graduate. I did three years in three years, and I did one year, my senior year, in about 10 years. So I I know a little bit about that. Before we do that, though, before we get into that, what I think about staying in college, dropping out of college, going to college, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening, whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or another player. Please go ahead and hit subscribe. And then, hey, be sure to check out my Substack. Substack is where I write different things, for the Institute of Men. It's where I host the podcast. And then I also have a section that I've been building called American Christianity, which is a paid subscription where I look at the history of Christianity in America and trying to figure out, because I am, I'm trying to figure out how did we get 
to where we are? How did we end up with so many independent churches? How did we end up with so many Protestant denominations? How did we end up so separated between, you know, there's like our Catholics and then there's everybody else? And how did we end up where people, both Catholic, Protestant, independent churches are dropping out? So go to my Substack. I will be turning on something called referrals, which is a new feature Substack just came out with when and when I figure it out. I will be turning that on, and I think what it'll be, if you refer a certain number of people, you can get a year free, which will be awesome. So when I get that figured out, I will let you know. But first, hit that subscribe button. You can also check me out on YouTube. I'm doing an audio version of this podcast, and then I'll turn this into a video later. I was doing them together, and it was a lot of work, and I am not that super great with videos. So be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can just type in my name in the YouTube search bar, Keaton Tucker, and the page will come up, the Institute of Men. <clears throat> so, but before we get into answering the question, should I finish college or should I go to college? Should I drop out of college? Whichever question, should I finish college? No matter what you choose to do, I think you as a man need to continue to self-educate and you need to read something with more depth than the latest self-help book. As a man, you, I believe you have an obligation to continue to self-educate for the rest of your life, whether you go to college or not. But I think you're also going to need something with a little bit more depth and a little bit that's a little bit more strenuous than your latest self-help book, your latest career success book. Those are, I'm, those are fine. If you want to read those, those are fine. I don't particularly like to read those, but because of what edu- I think education should be, which teaches you how to think, how to lead, how to make decisions, and how to know, understand the world around you, education should create a worldview, a Christian worldview that helps you live in the world, not just accomplish a job. I think you need to read difficult books and take courses and get yourself a Christian worldview. Ask yourself questions. Go find the answer. Like I'm asking, so for example, American Christianity, I'm trying to figure out why, how did the church get the way that it is right now? I don't know the answer to that. And so I'm exploring, and as I'm exploring, I'm writing it along the way. And if you were to think about what a college class is, your teacher will give you an essay prompt you don't know the answer to. You have to go research the answer and then write a paper about it. I'm just doing that for myself because I believe in continuing education. I would love to see a generation of men who are committed to learning from the great works throughout history of Western civilization, the great Christian works, self-educating, doing the hardest thing possible, which is leading and making tough decisions. We live in a time where high-minded idealists, they look out for themselves and they have made a mess of what our country is and what it could be. And it doesn't affect them. It affects you and me, we, the everyday people who just want to love our families, go to our jobs, enjoy our weekends, go to church, those kinds of things. The And this is not a time for soft men anymore. It's not. And I think we need, as, as young men, old men, need to begin the process of taking on more responsibility for the world around us because things were so prosperous for a while that we kind of just got to sit back and enjoy it. I don't know if you've seen the meme meme or whatever it is. I think it's like a meme where it says, and it's like a phrase, good men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. I think we're right there. We're in that bad times creating strong men. And I think it's time to step up to the plate. And that's going to happen, I believe, by continuing self-education instead of sitting at home. Like we're better than that. We're men. We, we are leaders. 
we are going to stand up. We're going to do what's good, right, and true. We're going to stand for righteousness. We're going to stand for peace. We're going to stand for justice. In order to do that, though, we need to have an idea of what we're standing for, which is what an education was supposed to give you. Before we get into that, though, let's do a little bit of my story. So I went to a school down in Texas right out of high school. I went to Abilene Christian University to study finance and accounting. I had big dreams. I wanted to be at the top of my class. I wanted to, well, my freshman year, I really wanted to graduate top of my class, move to San Diego, and buy these gigant, buy this gigantic house. I would look at real estate in San Diego all the time because it was beautiful. Never had never been to San Diego. That quickly faded when I wanted to become either an investment banker or, or lawyer. And so then my dreams turned to, this by sophomore year, turned to New York City, NYU for business school or Columbia Law School. That was like, I had these big dreams and then by my junior year, I'm dropping out of college. You know, I, ha- I had a lot of dreams, a lot of ambition. And, you know, there were a lot of factors that led up to my dropping out of college. But, one, but you know, one of them, was I ran out of money. Another one of them was I started working in accounting and finance at an oil company making buku's amount of money for that age, and I hated it. Hated it. I loved the idea of working in a corporate setting. Hated the actual work. That was a wake-up call. There were a couple other reasons that led me to drop out of school, but so I'm three years in, and I drop out of college, and all of my dreams seem to fade. All of my ambition fades, and I'm working at the Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. My friends are graduating college. I'm in Abilene, Texas, working at the Cracker Barrel, serving people Sunday after church. So I drop out. I work at Cracker Barrel. I got a job through a friend at an IT company. For I was there for four months. I was I was so bad at IT that I couldn't keep going. I'm <clears throat> go back. I start going back to church. I move home to Colorado. I get a job at the Olive Garden. I tro- try going back to school again for two semesters. I went through one semester at a college, and when I the second semester started, I go to my counselor, and they say none of the classes that I had taken count towards my degree, and I was like, what do you mean? I just spent all this money, and they don't count, and so I switched schools again, and then I ended up interning at the church. So I've, I've tried to go back to college, and then I didn't. I just start working at the church. <clears throat> uh, I pick up online education in 2019. You figure I dropped out in 2013. So in 2019, I'm trying to pick up school again, trying accounting again, and I just hate it, hate it, hate it. But I just wanted to finish. And then by 2022, I'm married. I've got a little girl on the way, and I'm just like, you know, I'm going to finish college. I'm going to finish. I'm going to pick whatever I can to finish so that I don't have this hanging over my head ever again. So 2022, I decided I'm going to finish my senior year. I finished with a politics degree from Liberty University Online, and I am now a college graduate. So I once went from a college dropout trying to figure out how to finish college to I am a college graduate, and I learned some things along the way. One thing, though, to know, do not make decisions based on what I'm about to tell you. Let this be one of many ways that you decipher and discern whether or not you should go to college. Don't just listen to me and be like, ah, I'm going to be a college dropout. Don't do that. Seek counsel, weigh some options, talk to people who know you, figure that, figure that kind of stuff out. So should I, I've broke this up to, should I finish college? And I'm going to say, yes, should I finish college? And I'm going to say, no, and I'm gonna give you reasons why. So should I finish college? Yes. Here's why the primary purpose of college your undergraduate years especially, is not to land a job. If you, and this is something I learned along the way because I went to college with the idea that you go to college to get a job. That is not why you go to college. You do not go to college to land a job. You go to college to learn how to think 
lead and make critical decisions and be exposed to the world. You you really you go to college, the original intent of college was to develop a worldview that let you learn how to lead and make decisions. That is like if you were to really boil it down to that. That's why they had people study history, economics, mathematics, philosophy, theology. That was the core of your education for a long time and then beginning in the 1900s, I think around 1930, there was a slow shift towards majors where you picked a field of study on top of your core curriculum that would allow you to go into a certain field. And now it's you know broken up into a lot of different things. Now, I will say, if you're an engineer or you're uh, going to be a doctor, yes, you need to pick a major and learn. That's a degree for a job, for sure. But even within engineering, there are several fields of engineering. But if you <laughs> don't try to build a bridge if you don't have an engineering degree and don't try to do surgery if you don't have a doctorate degree, like a real doctor's degree, not a fake doctorate degree that has nothing to do with medical. No, that's not right. Not a fake doctorate. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say a medical doctor. College is a chance to do the hardest thing possible. It's to learn, to think, to write, to study, to grow. It's your chance to challenge and to be challenged, to expose your mind to what the world is. Like that is what it is. If you go for a job, you're going to you're going to miss you're going to miss it. You're going to miss what you're there to do. According to uh, the Princeton website, so what I was describing earlier is a classical education. According to the Princeton website, uh, you'd hear it as liberal arts. A liberal arts education challenges, challenges you to consider not only how to solve problems, but also trains you to ask which problems to solve and why, preparing you for positions of leadership and a life of service to the nation and to all of humanity. That was the purpose of education. So you went to college, you were, it was assumed you were going to be in a high-level leadership position. If you didn't go to college, it was assumed you would just go work. You just go work. And that, that all started to change as we as we pushed everybody into the college scene. A l- classical liberal arts degree would include the study of history, literature, writing, philosophy, sociology, economics, a little bit of psychology, the creative arts. <clears throat> Some even included Christian theology in their coursework, like Hillsdale College, which is a classical education institution. So you would have been exposed to this large field of study that taught you how to think, which is the most valuable thing in the entire world. So all of that to say, if you're going to go to college in hopes to get a job, you're missing the reason you're there. You're there to learn how to think and to communicate and to write and to lead and to make decisions. That's the purpose of college. So if you're going to college with that in mind, absolutely, yes, because you're going to be exposed to stuff you would probably not be exposed to in any other way unless you forced it upon yourself. It's the most invaluable thing in the entire world to learn how to think. Learning how to think, how to write, how to articulate an argument so that you can lead, it keeps you from being indoctrinated. That is a really, really powerful, powerful skill to have, especially today. The other reason to finish college is because it is tremendously difficult. It took me 13 years, like I had said above. Like to finish school, it took me 13 years. And I had said in the intro, around 40% of all people drop out of college. 60% of all men end up dropping out of college. By sticking with finishing school, you are teaching yourself to see things through to the end, which is like what I had to learn. Part of the motivation for me to go back to school later in life, even when I had a daughter, even when I was married, and it was much more difficult than when I was single, is because around the age of 27, I started to realize it was difficult for me to 
finish things. I was really good at starting. I would get a lot of headwind. I would get about 80% of the way done and call it, I'm good, it's good enough. And so I had all these unfinished projects, all these ventures in my life that I had began, begun, but I had never finished. And I was like, I want that out of me. I don't want that part of my character. I don't want that in my life anymore. And I did some reflecting and I traced it back to my inability to finish college because I'd gotten all the way done, called it good enough. And I was like, I'm out. And so I was like, I'm going to finish because I don't want that out of me. And it's going to be even more difficult at this stage in my life to do it. And so it taught me diligence. It taught me hard work. It taught me tenacity. It taught me sacrifice. It taught me so many things that carry over into life. All of those skills, those soft skills, diligence, hard work, tenacity, perseverance, those are, those skills are only get learned by doing something really, really hard and seeing it through to the end. You can't read about it. You just have to do it. So the other reason to say, yes, should I finish college is you're almost done. If you've completed two years, three years, just finish. If you're like around your freshman year, you're not sure college is for you, get some counsel, but that might be okay to you know, put college on pause. One of the great things about college is you can always, always go back, always. But if you're more than halfway and you've already spent a lot of the money, maybe you've gotten your core curriculum out of the way, but you haven't really started your majors, maybe you could think about it, but if you've started your major classes, Find a way to make the most of your last two years. Study. Read all of your course material. Don't just go to college and not read your course material. Read all of the course material. Work really hard on your papers. Join some clubs that will set you up for your future. Do the things that will make college worth it. Just finish. Now, to switching gears. Should I finish college? No. Here's why. So I've said yes. Here's why you should finish. I'm going to say no. Here's why you should not finish. It's so, so expensive. You're going to burden yourself with debt if you cannot cash flow college. And cash flowing college is really, really, really difficult. My brothers are doing it. I did. I have my second brother, Colin. He cash flowed college in four years. And he slept, I think, four hours the entire time he was there. He was always working and doing his schoolwork, but he did it. My other brother, Dylan, he is cash flowing college. And it's taking him a long time. And then dummy me took out loans to pay for it. So... Those are the three ways, but you got to know Americans owe $1.77 trillion in student loan debt. That's around $35,000 per person on average. So when you get married, you now have $70,000 in in student loan debt. You know how hard that is to pay off when you're married and you're trying to buy a house and you're trying to get cars and you start having kids and you know, you're just trying to be married and you're, you start your life off with $70,000 in debt. That's stupid. I like it. I hate that. That's our life It's like, we've made a lot of loan payments and it feels like we haven't made any progress at all. <clears throat> if you were to make at $70,000, not including interest, you would be making minimum payments of $600 every single month until it's paid off, which is 10 years every single month that you'd be paying. And if you have loans that are larger than, that's assuming you're on the low end of minimum payments. And the Wall Street Journal had done an article a couple years ago, like what happens if you do the income-driven repayment plan for an extended period of time? You actually end up paying for more than the loans are worth over the 10 or 20 year period. And then they add it to your income because they just, they forgive it, but they, what they forgive, they add as income, then they tax you on it. It's a horrible, horrible system. So college is crazy expensive, crazy expensive. 
So if you're going to go just in hopes that you get a job, you're better off just going and getting work experience. The best way to get a job is not through, I'm talking get a job, not what we talked about, the benefits of education at, at the beginning. I'm talking get a job. The best way to get a job is work experience. Again, if you're in medical field or an engineer, please go to college, please go to school. If you're just trying to get a job in business, in marketing, in whatever, the best way to get a job is through work experience, work experience. So if you're going to college in hopes to get a job and you're taking out a crap ton of money to study art history or gender studies or whatever, just skip college. I know there's no men listening to this podcast who are studying gender studies, but I just had to make that joke because we're conservative Christians over here. Not all jobs are created equal, but the cost of education is equal. So you could go to school, you can get a teaching degree and it's gonna cost you $80,000. You can go get an engineering degree and it's gonna cost you $80,000. You're gonna get your first job as a teacher starting at $42,000 plus a few benefits. You're gonna get your first engineering job starting at $85,000 plus a few benefits. They're not equal. Some requ- some careers, yes, require special education and skills to complete, you know, like engineering, medical jobs. I keep coming back to that. But if you're studying marketing, I promise you that you can get a better, better education in marketing by learning on the job, reading a book about reading a book about market segmentation, going on YouTube University, taking some courses online that are not free. Work experience, work experience, work experience, work experience. I know several people who work in marketing departments and they primarily do the creative work of video and photography. They edit the videos, they edit the photos, they shoot the photos, they shoot the videos. They do all of it and they're all self-taught. Several of them, I know a lot of them who do that. If you're going to college just to party, skip college. You're wasting time, you're wasting money, getting wasted, and your future will be mad about it. Just go ahead and skip it. If you're not sure what you want to do for work, but you don't really know what to study either, then just go get a job somewhere and explore. You can always go back to college. You can do better than a restaurant or retail. Those companies do offer opportunities to move up. Absolutely. You can go move up in a restaurant into management. You can move up in retail, up into management. And the work skills are transferable to everything. I promise. You don't have to go that route, though. You can do internships. You can work in, like, you can get internships for the state government right out of high school. You can get uh, internships at companies right out of high school. You can, like, if you're even in your 20s, you're like, I just want to get an internship. Get an internship. Get some experience. Now, if you're in your early 20s and you're hoping that you're going to get an entry-level job that pays you 60 grand a year, it's not going to happen, but that's okay. You'll, you'll make more money when you turn 30 and 40 and 50. You'll be fine. It's okay to suffer a little bit that way. That way. <clears throat> but like my brother, my brother, when he was, uh, I think he got a job at men's warehouse when he was 18 years old by 19 or 20, he was managing the place. He, he worked his way up into management. My brother's never had a hard time getting a job because he has crazy work experience, even though he has not finished his degree. You can also look at fields where there are great opportunities for work and growth. When I was in high school, many, many, many years ago, it was looked down upon to go to technical school. It's like, that's where the dumb kids went. And now all the quote, I'm air air quoting dumb kids are now making a hundred grand or more welding, doing electrical work, doing video photography, dentistry, whatever it is. They, they were actually really, really smart. They don't have any of that crap debt that we, that the rest of us got learning about. I had to take a course on how to write about food. Seriously. I'm not kidding. I paid $1,200 to learn how to write about food. That was, that was stupid. And I could have gone and learned how to weld or something. <clears throat> So the tech, there is a lot of opportunity in those 
blue collar jobs, the jobs with technical skills that you can just go and you can just start working. If you want to just get a job, go that route. Go learn how to learn how to do shoot video. The, there's a lot of opportunity in video and IT, all of those things. You do not need to go to college to get a job. Like you don't. You need to go to college to learn how to think. But even then, if you are diligent, you can self-educate. You can read books and write reviews on it. You can ask yourself questions, research, and write essays on it. And that's going to teach you how to think, how to create a worldview. It's going to do all sorts of things. You can also take courses. I am going to have a bunch of links down below where you can take free courses that will help you understand the world, develop your worldview, teach you how to think, and teach you how to lead. They're all, and they're free, except for two of them, and it's like $14 per month. I'm going to put a theological one down there that I've talked about before, Theosu. Theosu, you can get a biblical worldview from historic Christianity. They're going to expose you to all branches of Christianity, teach you teach you how to read the Bible, and give you a strong foundation for $14 a month. I mean, it, that's insane. You can self-educate. Uh, you can read the tough books, read read the good books throughout history. Read like, and I'll, we'll do an episode about that later. So, should you finish college? That depends. That depends. If you're going to college solely for the purpose of getting a job, you're better off going and getting work experience. I promise. You can always go to college. You can always self-educate. If you are motivated, you're diligent, and you learn and learn and learn and grow and learn how to think and do your job the best you can, you can move up in a company really, really well, or you can go out and start something and become crazy wealthy and successful just by starting something. I, I know plenty of people who have done it. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to start your life off with all that debt, but if you want to Go to college to expose yourself on how to think, how to learn, how to grow, and you want to get a strong education. You want to be in some of those leadership positions within the nation, or if you want to be um, uh, an engineer or a doctor or whatever, go to college and do it. I we like we need people who are engineers for sure. We need people who are who are strong theologians. We need people who are strong in their. Uh, and they're understanding the world in government so that we don't have to repeat whatever this current era is over and over and over again. Those are good reasons to go to college, especially if you can afford it. Try to cash flow college as best you can. Don't burden yourself with debt. So should you finish college? That depends. Weigh your options. Get some counsel. Think about your future. Maybe you just need some work experience right now. Maybe you should go to college. Weigh your options, but try whatever you do, gentlemen, try to make good choices that are going to set you well up, set you up well for your family, for your future and for your career aspirations. But I'm promising you, I've been a college dropout and I've been a college graduate. College has not made like as far as work goes, work comes down to diligence and self-education and what you put into it. Like I promise, I promise. Um, now, could I go get a job at uh, State Street or the State Department? State Street is a big investment bank. No, 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 not absolutely not. <laughs> um, but I don't need to work at State Street or the State Department to have a high quality of life with my family. In fact, those two areas probably would not give me a high quality of life for my family. Weigh your options with college. Now, I do want to switch gears just a little bit. I want to look at part of the gospel today. I'm reading one chapter at a time from the Gospels, and I'm currently in Luke, Luke chapter 7. 
and I pulled it up. Let me just read part of Luke chapter 7 to you. I've been having a lot of discussions lately about authority, and this seems to be a good, and I landed on this chapter, and it's a good chapter about authority. So I'm just going to read this. This is Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to the elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house. The centur- when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, "Lord, you do do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers underneath me. And I say to one, go, and he goes; and to another, come, and he comes; and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marvelled at him." And he turned towards the crowd and he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had, um, who had been sent to him returned to the house, they found the servant well. Okay. I've been having a lot of discussions about authority and legitimate authority. And I've seemed to have a lot, meet a lot of people who don't believe that authority is legitimate. And I want to say that according to Jesus, authority is legitimate. There are such things uh, as people who have authority over you and over me, you're not just an independent being walking around on your own. It's good to be under authority. <clears throat> God, according to the scripture, has given certain people to equip the saints. That's in Ephesians 4. He has also given certain people to shepherd. Their authority over you is legitimate and it's there for your good. It's way better to submit to authority. It's like having a strong wall against your back. If you're a, you, you guys listen to this podcast, you probably have lifted weights. The difference between a squat and a leg press is the support you have on your back. So you can squat 300 pounds, but you can leg press 900. That's because you have support on your back. That's kind of what it's like being under authority. You have support on your back and you can push way, way further. Authority is really, really good for you. It also is going to keep you uh, in line, it's going to keep you where you should be. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to drift off into the ocean uh, by doing things for yourself. We live in a hyper independence age when no one can tell me anything. But that's contrary to the gospel. The guy said, "For I too am a man set under authority," which I think begs the question: Under whose authority was Jesus? Who gave Jesus his authority? This, there is an answer. He asked the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the temple the same question. They, or they asked him, they said, where did you get your authority? And Jesus says, I'll tell you if you tell me about John's baptism. And I think it was about John's Jesus got his authority from the Holy Spirit and, G- and from John the Baptist. Where did John the Baptist get his authority from? His father, Zechariah, who was a priest. Jesus was a man who is God, who is still set under authority. A guy named Ray Vanderland has done a whole teaching on this, which means Jesus was also under the authority of Moses because it was passed down through the priesthood. Authority is good. It's good. A man set under authority will always have more authority, always, than a free-floating man. I assure you. I heard somebody say once, because there's a lot of belief that the people in the church can 
rule over the elders, rule over the pastors, rule over the priests. And I heard somebody say, sheep don't get to rebuke shepherds. I was like, that is, that is true. Sheep don't get to rebuke shepherds. And if you don't have a, a high view of authority, you're going to think that you and the person in authority over you are equals and you, you can like, you know what I mean? You can rebel almost. Now, if you, if you're, if you have an authority over you and they have lost their way and you can go, you can absolutely go talk to them. You can submit a complaint to people who are, they should have authority over them. So talk to the people over them and help them recorrect. But if that doesn't negate their legitimate authority, even Jesus, he, when he's talking about the Pharisees, he says, the Pharisees sit on Moses's seat. Therefore, do what they say. Did Jesus agree with the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Did he not think that they were corrupt and worth flipping their tables? He absolutely did. But he said, they sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, their authority is legitimate. Do what they say. Don't copy them. Don't do the works that they do. But do what they say. Because authority is good. It's meant there for your good. All of that to say, that means you can trust your father. Your father should have authority over you. Uh, even it changes the older you get the type of authority, but I still look to my mother and my father as authoritative voices. They don't get to boss me around, but I still look to them as with authoritative voices. Um, your pastor, your priest, your boss, honor their God given authority and watch what happens in your life as a result. You might just find the healing you need or the success you need when you're under authority. You might just find everything you're looking for when you finally realize that you need to be set under authority. Thank you for listening to the Institute of Men podcast. My name is Keaton. Please share this with a friend. Like our channel or go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Please, please, please share that our Substack link and with whoever you know because we are trying to get the message out and help build all men to become everything that God has asked them to become. And until next time, this is the Institute of Men podcast.